my name is Crispina French and promoting creative textile reuse is my jam. I'm an OG textile alchemist, worked my way through art school making ragamuffins from thrift store sweaters way back in the 1980s. That college side hustle grew into a full-fledged business and here I am today to show you how to do it too. Stick around for all the things helping to navigate both the chaotic and dreamy chapters of building your profitable textile upcycling business. We'll talk material sourcing, business savvy, product development, marketing, and self-care. Gloss over the hard parts? Not here. Experience, lessons, and know-how. Deep dive into the struggles, wins, and rewards of running your sustainable textile upcycling business. Think of this as your favorite craft class mixed with environmental business school. Are you ready to be inspired, energized, and supported? This is the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. Are you a textile-centric crafter who loves vintage yardage, unusual fabrics, notions, and sewing tools and tutorials? Maybe you are a sewing teacher in need of cool and inexpensive cloth for students. Whether sewing high-end bespoke couture or experimenting with new textile making processes, SwansonsFabrics.com, located in the heart of Turner's Falls, Massachusetts, has just what you need. You can shop online or at the very well-organized and jam-packed store. Swanson's Fabrics is a thrift shop of fabric, notions, and textile tools. It's a community repurposing the leftover collections of home sewers, addressing the reality that we have enough fabric and craft supplies for generations stored right in our very own attics and closets. Swanson's makes it very easy to pass on an excessive fabric stash and find inspirational treasure for sewing projects. Additionally, Katherine Swanson hosts an online group for entrepreneurs interested in using her business model for fabric thrift stores in their communities. Find Swanson Fabrics at swansonfabrics.com and on TikTok and Instagram. Hello, listeners to Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to someone that we've actually kind of had this like peripheral connection to each other for many years, Jennifer mm-hmm. Moore from this really cool, well, she, her her whole history is just really tied to textile upcycling and she runs a fashion show in, um, is it Portsmouth, New Hampshire? In Portsmouth, New Hampshire, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's called Project Upcycle. We're going to talk about that, but we're going to start kind of like back at the beginning. So welcome, Jen. Thank you so much. I can't believe I'm finally meeting you. I've known about you for so long. Same. It's and it's been like this. It's so I don't know, like I try, I was trying to remember before I hopped on the call with you to the first time I kind of heard your name. And I just, I just, I'm drawing a blank. It's like this, it was, it was, I think it was 20 years ago. It, it could have been that long. So I said to you before we started, the reason that I knew about you is because, well, I mean, I've always been online searching for this kind of content. So I knew about you that way, but I did work at the Portsmouth Public Library for 11 years and we had your book in the team section and I, I took it out many times for myself, but also for like, uh, events at the library where we would um, demonstrate upcycling fashion it was always fun to have around. Awesome. That is so, so cool. It's just, it's funny how 
it's lovely to hear of the impact, you know, like I, I sort of don't really think about that as much as um, maybe I should. It makes me feel really good when I hear that um, that was an inspiration for for you and then for the people that you were also inspiring. So thank you. Um, but I'd like to learn about like in, in like talk about how you came to textile upcycling just to start with about your history and how that became important to you. So I am a parent. My boys are now um, almost both in their 20s. They're in college now. But I, I think like when I really was starting to question um, my use of textiles was when I had to send them to school, really. Because when you are with your kids at home and you are just dressing them in play clothes, like for me, it was always about you know, just comfort and warmth or being cool. So I just bought secondhand, which was hard to do when they were young. There's not a lot of places where you can buy secondhand clothes for children, but there's a, there's a handful. And I, you know, went out of my way to do that. And then when they had to go to school is really when I was like, wait, hold on. I have to buy, I don't have to buy new clothes, but it was hard to find clothes that I felt like was, you know, somewhat appropriate for school that were not horrible. Like if I, I know it's horrible, like going to the mall is just horrible. <laughs> and then just going to like fast fashion stores and just like feeling the clothes, like that's when I was like starting to feel this disconnect. And so it just, I was already someone who was celebrating like vintage because you know, so many of us just really prefer vintage clothes. They're more interesting and unique. So I already had been doing that. And that was easier for a woman 20 plus, but how, you know, it was, it's more of a challenge when it's like a boy who you just want to have like a polo and khakis or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that was when I first really realized that the options for natural material clothes secondhand or even, you know, buying them new was limited. And it just like, I, I just tapped into that and started a blog because, you know, there were a lot of mommy bloggers that were online, but there were fewer that were focused on sustainability. And so I just threw my hat in and I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like I didn't feel like I had something to contribute. I felt like I was learning by doing. Like I was just like, totally. I yeah. And then, <sighs> and then, you know, surprise to me that people liked the content and, you know, and, and that's why I do what I do now because, because I just took a chance and started a blog. It seems silly, but that's how it started. Well, no, I don't. It's funny because it's actually really similar to the, the way I got my business started. It was just kind of like, I just, I needed to make money for college and I just, I it just did it. And like, here I am, how many years later? And, you know, same with you. It's like, it just kind of like rolled into this lifestyle and I don't know, like uh circle of knowledge, right? Like, sh because you were learning from the people that were sharing and same with me, it was like, I, I don't feel like I did my business by myself at all. I feel like it was just like all these people giving me input and, you know, from you, I learned and from other people in, in your, you know, from people that I never actually physically met in person that I was just able to kind of uh, share information with. And it kind of grew into a movement that we're now kind of 
seeing grow exponentially. And I feel like it's such an exciting time for um, this awareness to be really shared in more of a mass market way, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I th- I bet that you also experience people thinking you are bonkers, right? Like, why would you want to put used clothing on your beautiful little kids? Like, what's <laughs> wrong with you? Aren't they dirty? Well, I live in a bubble where I think everybody feels similarly to me. But I think, like, just to touch back like what we're saying, like how you and I and others just m- make space online and share our thinking and then like unbeknownst to me, because I was doing that, my community, whenever something happens that has to do with sustainability or textiles or fashion, they reach out to me. And so it just like, it, it, um, it just makes that community stronger. And I love that. Like, even if someone is like, Jen, I feel like we have to throw away this stuff. What should we do? Like I get, I get emails like that all the time. And I love that that happens when you, you know, make yourself known by accident online. So, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's, I, I kind of joke about it. People often ask me like how I source my materials and I'm like, they just come to me. People send me, literally send me boxes of cashmere sweaters. You know, there's a woman I've never met who works like at a church or something that has a thrift store kind of component. And she sends me all the cashmere sweaters that have holes in them that they can't sell. And Lenore, (laughs) thanks girl like I you know and I it's just it's sort of a beautiful thing and I just feel like we are so lucky to have um this community around us to to support what we're doing and I really love how you've taken you know I mean like you said started out as a sustainable mommy blogger when was your first blog post do you remember probably around like 2007 or 2008 so, you know, it's nearly 20 years. I mean, not really, but like, you know, it's been a long time. You've been doing yeah. this a long time and through that. And again, another kind of, uh, kind of parallel path where you've grown and your, your, your commitment and desire to promote textile upcycling as kind of a way of living has morphed and changed. And it seems as though it's really, uh, nurtured you and you've, you've, you're not, you're not stagnant. You're like always moving and learning and developing new ways to keep yourself really interested. Can you talk about the kind of progression that happened from that blog to today? Absolutely. So I was lucky to work at the library, like I said, and I was invited to be on the uh, programming committee and So alongside me doing a blog that was just me and my personal time, I was able to, because I worked at a library, to start a um, clothing swap, an annual clothing swap. And even the first year, it was bananas. The the people (laughs) that came out, like there was a moment where me and the staff that were working it just stopped and like looked and we were like, this is insane. Cause it was, it just was like an immediate success. And it, and now we look back at that room and we think we, I can't believe we ever fit in that room. We had to move to a community center and we took basically half, I think we could even make it more, but we took half of a um, middle school gym for, the 10th annual clothing swap and over 500 people were there. So this is a thing that the community knows about. They, they, they want to know the date in advance so they don't plan their, you know, vacations to be away. So that was the thing that um, I think was like that first big thing that people knew that we were doing something at the library and I was doing something. 
And um, it continued. So you with, ran the clothing swap through the library. Yeah. And it, how and cool. so it, I mean, it got to be so big. Like we said, we had to move to the middle school gym next door. And it's <laughs> all, there were only, there were a few of us that worked at the library um, who worked at the day of the swap, but it was a lot, a lot of volunteers and people really like to volunteer because they're basically at the swap and they get to like pick while they're working. So there's a huge benefit to being a volunteer at the swap. So we had a dedicated um, volunteer group and it the, that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, so, really, every region should have one because <clears throat> it's just an instant success. So talk, talk about exactly how that works if you can in like, you know, five minutes or less. Sure. <laughs> I think I, I don't, I haven't heard other people say that they've done it this way. So I do think it's worth sharing and other libraries or organizations do reach out to us and say, you know, like, how did you do it? So the way that I felt like I wanted it to work is that as soon as people come in, there has to be something on the table because otherwise there's this immediate, like, what am I, what do I get to pick? So we collected uh, donations really for months in advance. And we just would literally throw them into a closet and we would ignore them for months. And then the night before the swap, we would sort those donations onto tables so that when the people who arrived gave us their donations to sort, there was already stuff to go to and pick through. And we sorted by color and, um, and there were shoes and, you know, I mean, everything, it just was, so, I mean, that, that element of collecting things early, you do need to be able to have space to store it. But that, I think, was the thing that made it especially, you know, work well. So then when people arrive, uh, it's the day of. Like, they're it's arriving, the they've got their bags full of whatever they're sick of and they're not wearing anymore. They pass those off to somebody who's then immediately sorting them and, and putting them where they go so that other people can find what they're looking for. Is that right? Yes. So the other part that made it very successful was our partnership with Goodwill. And they provided um, people who worked it um, during the event. But they also, and this is huge, they provided a truck that came at the end of the event and everything that did not get swapped was bagged and put into the truck because that would have been just too much of a cleanup for us on our that own. is amazing, Jennifer, because yeah, honestly, that uh, having hosted a clothing swap for a couple of years back, a few years ago, that, that was like the hugest problem, actually, that there were, I, we, we ran into two issues and I'd love to know how you dealt with them. One was that people brought donations that were not saleable. Like, mm -hmm. I think we got a bag full of bras mm -hmm. and then and stuff that wasn't necessarily clean. Yeah. And then the other thing that we ran into was just exactly what you said was like at the end of the day, there was a lot of material that people did not take with them. And we were like, okay, we hadn't really, we, I mean, we, we wound up donating it to our local Goodwill as well, but it was stuff that we had to do. We didn't make the connection with directly. So how did you, did, did you have, did you run into any quality issues with what people were donating? We definitely did, but we just made it a point from the beginning that we're not going to put that out. So it's a good part of having people sort things. So if you, you're sorting things and you think 
if there's any question, this should not be out there. We, we just like, we literally threw it under the table and we had volunteers that were constantly bagging that up and setting it aside. So we just never put anything out that we had any question about because we didn't want that to be associated with the swap. We wanted everyone to think that the swap is like this amazing thing you can't miss. So that was part of the plan. That's awesome. And I think it also, um, the, the fact that you were doing it like on site day of like, come give us your stuff and it keeps the, the offerings fresh, right? Like no matter what time of day you arrive there, there's going to be people who are also, you know, bringing fresh stuff, encouraging people to stay longer probably. Right. Yeah. And then also if you're, if you're making a donation and someone's actually like face to face sorting through it, chances are you're not going to bring the, the pantyhose with runs in them that you scooped up off your dirty laundry. You know, yeah, like, we didn't get yeah. a lot of that bad stuff. Like we, yeah. and, you know, it, yeah. it just was a very small amount, but it, I think it does help to just keep everything, you know, good quality and weird stuff we like, like weird is good, but mm-hmm. you know, bad is bad. So yeah. yeah, exactly. That's right. That's awesome. Well, so if, if anybody's just joining us, um, I am speaking with Jennifer Moore, who runs a fashion show today. Um, now having grown out of this amazing history that she's sharing with us about her textile upcycling journey, her show is called project upcycle and it's held in summers. Um, no, sorry. In Portsmouth, New Hampshire, every year. Um, We are going to come right back to the conversation after just a quick break here. Today's episode of Rags to Riches podcast is brought to you by the Stitcherhood Recycling Society, my online membership community for creative textile upcycling, recycling, and reuse entrepreneurs. Inspiration, shared experience, tutorials, business savvy, and connection to a whole posse of people who understand the passion and intricacies of running an environmentally kind creative textile upcycling biz. Daily posts, weekly stitch hours, book recommendations, group chats, member profiles, and strong connections is what you can expect when you join Stitcherhood. Head on over to stitcherhood.crispina.eco and sign up for a free seven-day trial to see if my Stitcherhood Recycling Society is a good fit for you and your textile upcycling business. Okay, so Jen, you were just sharing with us about um, managing your clothing swap. And I think that's so cool. So anybody who um, is interested is um, encouraged to run a clothing swap. It sounds like a really great way to bring community together to build awareness of all the textiles that we might not be using that are useful to others. And um, just a really fun way to connect with people who share your aesthetic, your kind of uh, creative dressing style and so forth. So do you still run that clothing swap? Does that still happen? I I think it will come back. It was disrupted by the pandemic, obviously. And then there Uh were some, there were some, um, you know, just promotions as they naturally happen at the library. And I have a different, I don't work at the library anymore. So I I do think that it will come back and people should follow the uh, Portsmouth Public Library social media, because I'm sure if, if it does come back that it'll be announced on their social media channels. That's awesome. So then um, after you sort of initiated this cool event that was like really rocking and of course had to take a break, like so many cool events um, with the pandemic. Um, so now you've, you're in running this cool um, fashion show that is all upcycled. Can you, how, 
So transitioning from that initial clothing swap to the um, the fashion show seems like a pretty smooth uh, transition, just like the next step. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about how that worked for you? So, uh, so I feel like it, it, the middle part is mm-hmm. that I was writing my blog and I was invited by the local arts and culture paper, The Sound, to um, start writing a regular column about sustainable style. So I think that was me really pushing into uh, something that I was afraid to do, but I felt like I, I wanted that challenge. So in that that column, that regular column turned into a short-lived but well-loved magazine called Style Q. And that was it was all about celebrating sustainable style and body positivity. And after after doing that work, I felt like I had a little bit more under my belt to be able to approach um, a local arts organization, 3S Art Space. Um, and I just got the gumption to show up and say, this is something that I've been dreaming about for a long time, and I'd like to partner with you to do that. And I, I think I just got there on a lucky day, and they said yes. So Beth Falconer is the executive director of 3S. I want to say here, there's a couple of times where you've said, Jen runs this fashion show. And every time I hear you say that, I get a little like wince, like, oh, I, I don't do it. It is like a <laughs> team of people who do it. And 3S Art Space holds so much of that responsibility. Um, and I am forever grateful for them that they said yes, and that this is part of my life because it is my greatest joy for every year to, you know, meet a new crew of sustainable fashion emerging designers from around New England and they come together and, um, you know, we're, we're building community around this idea and it is, I think, one of our greatest successes. So let me back up and just explain more about what it is. So yeah. it started first with, um, so it started, I think, 2018 and that um, relationship that I started with Goodwill Industries of Northern New England helped this competition um, be possible. So first, they were our partner. So it was me, Recover Girl, 3S Art Space, and Goodwill Industries. We were the um, you know the team really behind it, and the competition was for eight. Um, New England emerging di- designers, and we describe that as people who have five years or less of professional fashion experience, who apply to compete um, basically in a project runway style competition. So these designers who are selected, there's eight of them, they arrive on Thursday night and they are, they begin the competition. Essentially, they have Thursday night, all day Friday, nine o'clock in the morning until nine o'clock at night. And um, most of the day, Saturday, you, I think it's like actually eight o'clock until two o'clock to create an upcycle design from clothing that was uh, picked from Goodwill. And the first three years that competition was about turning um, secondhand clothing into a gala worthy outfit. And then like we all know, the pandemic interrupted that. And that year, 2020, the competition moved online. It was still amazing, but sad that we weren't together. And when we've returned this past year in 2022, the competition changed. We're, we were ready for change. And I think this has been a really positive change where now the competition is we are taking 
dead stock cutoffs excess material from New England businesses. And we are providing that. Some of them are, you know, small pieces, but there are some rolls of fabric. And we are providing that material to the designers. And we have challenged them this past year to make a look that is New England street style, like you know, looking forward, but definitely, you know, rooted in New England street style. And it was, it was amazing. I wish you were there. You'll have to oh, it sounds amazing. And I actually followed along online and saw some amazing work. Um, some of uh, the com- competitors were pretty local to us in the Berkshires um, of Western Mass. And just how it was, it's, it's like, it makes me so excited. Like I, I, I get. Um, I heard you speaking once, talking about how when you hear a good idea, you the the hairs on your <laughs> arms stand up, <laughs> the hairs on my neck are standing up. Just, it's just so cool to see such celebration of this emerge. It's 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 an emergence on so many levels for me, and I just feel like it's kudos to you for, you know, and I'm I, I'm thankful that you corrected me saying that you run the show, but your brainchild, your your history and passion and knowledge kind of had a baby and <laughs> created this awesome event that you partnered with amazing people to, to make it happen, right? Like it's just such a cool thing. And I, my only wish is that there was something similar in all the regions of the world <laughs> because yeah. it's so cool. That not only is it this beautiful uh, event, but to, to have it really focused on your local region is Mm -hmm. just so meaningful to me. It's just so it's not, you're not, you know, trying to, uh, you know, uh, uh, mirror, you know, Paris fashion week or, you know, it's just here, this is where we are. And let's, you know, not only are we celebrating this um, process of reuse, but we're also celebrating the, um, the region in which we are, we are living and creating. So um, it's just really, really cool. Um, yeah. So when they talk more about like how that process works, like how do the people are, how are they chosen? How are the designers that are involved? Um, how do they, how do you find them? We definitely do a lot of outreach and um, the main outreach is to all the obvious fashion colleges that are in new England. So there's the main college of art, um, Mass Art has a fashion program. RISD has a fashion program. And there's a college, I, I'm not sure I'm going to get the name right, but maybe you'll know because I think it's closer to you. Is it LaSalle? Do you know Ooh, that college? I'm not familiar. They, they've no. uh, sent at least one or two um, students through their program have competed. And then we, cool. we also just reach out to regular, you know, regular colleges that have like an like to the arts department. So we sent, we physically send um, note cards out, like postcards out so that they can be handed out. And I, I personally love going to senior fashion shows at colleges. I think like they're, they're just the most fun thing you can do. I've gone for three years to the main one and I'd like to start going to the um, mass art ones as well. I don't even know if I could go to Right, we should, we should go together. There's so much. I think fun. so too because I was just thinking that I went to Mass Art. 
Oh, nice. And yeah. yeah. And I, I was not in the fashion program, but I would, I think that's such a good thing to think about. And for everyone listening, like what an inspiration to go and see these really young kind of unjaded, wide open <laughs> perspectives of fashion. Right. Oh my gosh. I love that. Jen, yeah. we're going to make a date after we get okay. off this episode Absolutely. and we're going to make that and happen. It, it's such a fun thing to dress up for too. Like it's just the most fun thing to do. So when I go to those events, I'm literally like, you know, talking to the designers afterwards and just like telling them, you know, I hope that they apply. And I do, we all do some sleuthing online as well, you know, just like searching for people who are doing that work within New England and saying like, we, we hope you apply. And then, yeah. and then now we have had four years of competitions. That's eight designers times four that we can reach out to and say, you know, please on your channels, encourage people that you know to apply. And we've been very, very lucky. Like the talent that we have in New England yeah. is insane. So it's, it's working and uh, we love it. It's just been great. That is so cool. So, um, yeah, my my uh, my wheels are churning as far as helping you promote that even more um, inside of different communities that might ha- also have people that you know might not be college bound designers, people who maybe skip that step or mm-hmm. um, are coming to their um, textile upcycling fashion journey later in their careers. Um, Awesome. How cool. And then, so they work together for this weekend and, you know, maybe this, this year it'll be, um, a, well, 2022 was in person, right? You yes. I could see on all the, the, the fashion show itself just looked amazing. Like how much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then after that, I, I would imagine that, um, those designers have like a really solid, beautiful connection that they carry forward. Yeah. This is, I'm, I honestly feel like the thing that I am most proud of is the community building aspect of what we're doing. And now, like we said, that now that it's been four years, they're, they're, you know, they're part of this class. And, and I know, I know personally, I know of people who didn't know each other before the competition who have become friends and collaborated. And like, you know, we helped make that happen. I feel yeah. like that is the thing. I feel like me being in the room and watching these eight people work and become friends. And I know this sounds silly, but may, I think you can imagine like they fall in love. Like we all fall in love. And it's just like, it makes me want to cry because it's so beautiful. Yeah. And in addition, we are, this, the way that I think about it is like, we all understand that concept of like those micro loans and how much they can help people. The, so the cash prizes are for first place, it's 1,500. Second place is a thousand. Third is 500. And then there is an audience prize of 500 that could land anywhere in this past year. It did land on someone who didn't place one, two or three. So four people won cash prizes and you know, it's not a loan because it's a gift and they can do whatever they want to do with it. They can pay for their studio rent. They can buy a new machine. They can do whatever they, maybe they need to travel just to be inspired or so. Yeah. So that element I think is amazing. That is so, so cool. I love it. And then what time of year is that held? It used to be in April. It, because of the pandemic, we've moved it to October and that seemed to work really well. So it is already planned for October 
2023. There is an actual date picked, but I can't remember off the top of my head what date that is. Well, that sounds cool. And I I think that um, in the show notes for this episode, we'll be posting more information about how people can um, either share that with people they might know that would be eligible to apply or apply themselves to um, be one of the participants, one of the participating designers in the 2023 Project Upcycle Fashion Show or if you're listening to this episode in 2026, which <laughs> could be the case, um, you know, they'll, I'm, I, I hope and rest assured that there will be um, future Project Upcycle shows that will um, be available to check out. So Jen, thank you so, so much for um, joining me today. It's been such a pleasure to learn about your journey and about your current work. And I'd love to just um, give you the opportunity to share anything that we might not have covered, ways that people can get um, involved in textile consumption that's mindful and just keeping the environment in mind as well as um, supporting their local communities. Is there anything that you would like to add? Yeah, so you mentioned at the beginning that um, you you liked learning the story behind my online handle name, which is Recover Girl. So I just want to explain that and, and please invite people to follow me on Instagram. I'm at Recover Girl 360. So Recover Girl, when I picked that name, it really was me uh, doing a play on the fashion brand Cover Girl, but I added RE to the front to make people hopefully make people think of reduce reuse and recycle so i share a lot of um, resources of um, how to practice sustainable style on my instagram page so i would love to um, uh, point people there but then the other thing i just want to like the the thing I, I didn't come up with but i always come back to is this hashtag secondhand first i just want us all to be thinking whenever we are thinking of adding to our wardrobe that we think secondhand first. Awesome. So, so wonderful. And it's just, I don't know. I love that we've had this opportunity to chat and um, I look forward to going to those fashion shows with you. And um, yes, anybody listening, Jen's got a really beautiful Instagram feed, lots of really helpful information and just kind of fun visuals. And yeah, follow Jen recover girl 360 on instagram and um you can follow her blog from that link as well so any further information will be available on our show notes page and thank you so much jen for being with us today what a pleasure for us to go out i look forward to it thank you so much oh you're welcome Hey, so I'm over here and I'm serving you a giant air hug because you just finished another episode of the Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast. Thank you for being with me. Our music is provided by The Lucky Five. Learn more about them at theluckyfive.com. Our show is produced and edited by Van Valhyacin. If you want to dive in deep, head over to Rags to Riches Textile Upcycling Podcast.com. 